Hello and welcome. If you listen to the sound of my voice, you have found the Two Beers Please podcast once again. Uh, this is one of your co-hosts, Yannick and Carnesau. On the other side is my buddy, Matthew Phillips. He is here hey, uh, to talk about all the sports. And, you know, I was thinking, where do we start today? You know, we got World Cup qualifiers, 10 plus teams getting in to the fray. You know, a lot of situations to talk about a there. A lot of teams, you know. And- I, didn't even, I didn't even realize, like, all, all of the – I mean, I knew all of the uh- – dominoes were about to, like we're gonna fall soon but i didn't realize it was all gonna be in like this week span that like each of the qualifying things were like yeah we're basically done now yeah exactly there's only like, like one or playoffs. two more teams to qualify so it's kind of crazy so i was thinking do we start there do we start nba getting into the playoffs obviously we're into the final four of the ncaa tournament we got to talk about that do we start there but of course where we have to start is the Will Smith Chris Rock. And then, as you're making the, the outline, I got smacked in the face and realized exactly where we should begin. Will Smith reached through his laptop and said, you know, stop talking about sports and talk about me. And I was like, great. So Jada Pinkett, and then he said, no, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. And I was like, well, listen, it's got to be one or the other. I don't... <laughs> I don't know which I can't one do you it both will. I can't give it to you both. That's will. a that's a perfect thing too because uh, when I think of the Smith family, they definitely want it both ways. They want to have their cake and, and eat it too. Like right. I, I, we are going to air all of our dirty laundry out because we want to monetize it for a TV show. Which hey, if you want to do that, I have no problem with that. I think even on our podcast here, there's times where we have shared personal information. Which once and obviously our podcast is not nearly as big as the Red Table Talk. But once you give up that information and put it out there, you can't really like also be like, and nobody can say anything about my family now. Like, cause everyone's like, Oh, Will Smith's just like was finally snapped with everyone commenting on his family. Like, well, they put it out there to comment on. It's like the Kardashians when they're like, we'd like some privacy at this time. Sorry. You got a reality TV show that's supposed to show every part of your life. You don't get to have it both ways. Like you decided to, to do this, which I'm no judgment of that's how you'd like to make some money and, and such. But you don't you don't get to do that and then be like, but oh, no, no, no. Now there's here's the boundaries of of stuff. Yeah, it's you know, you got it's having your cake and eating it, too, is, is exactly the right term to use here, because, you know, it, I Say, like his speech afterwards when he congratulations to Will Smith for winning his first Oscar really cool for him uh, you ruined it but like really cool, good for you uh, I don't know I don't know how anyone in that room stood up and applaud like I'm sorry if you go smack someone and do that I'm not gonna be able to stand up and applaud you like 30 minutes later and it probably it wasn't even 30 minutes like I would have been like good job but like I can't but that's Hollywood it's, yeah that is Hollywood Jim, Jim Carrey called the shit he was like. Hollywood's spineless. He's like, we're not the people to be looking up to anymore. I was like, Jim Carrey, you, you yeah. stay golden, man. You stay golden, pony boy. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, congratulations. Uh, but like at the same time, you're right. Like they, the red tape. That's why I've had such an issue with him being like, you know, you take this abuse and you take this thing, and I'm like, are you talking about us or your wife? Airing, every, airing everything out. Which one are you, right. are you talking to us? We're not the ones that tried to figure out the intricacies of your marriage and if it's open or not. That was you all in front of everybody. So, right. like, let's and, and like, and that does happen. Like, and that certainly does happen in 
when you were a celebrity were like personal information that you would probably not like to have talked about, which is like, that's like a, a shitty part of the job where it's like, ah, sometimes my personal information is going to get out there because I'm in the limelight. But it's a difference between like, collateral damage of being a celebrity for kind of lack of a better term and literally like you're saying with the show like they are giving this information up like favorite one of my favorite will smith movies uh hitch his love interest in hitch eva mendez eva mendez and ryan gosling are as big if not bigger than jada pinkett and will smith you know how much we hear about them in their private life because they intentionally don't want it to be in the public sphere so like you you get to control part of that you do. Like, you will always be in the public eye, for sure, if you're a celebrity. But you do get to decide how, how much of that is from you and how much you want to monetize that, like you said. I love Tobey Maguire, for example. People are like, Tobey Maguire escaped from the face of the earth. He's like, no, every time a paparazzi follows him, he's like, get the hell away from me. Get the hell away from <laughs> me. He's, he's like really weird and shit. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm happy being a celebrity. I'm happy to do the interviews. I'm happy for you guys, you know to be famous, but I'm not going to deal with this other part of the fame. And you know what? Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith have always been like, yeah, we're game, you know? So yeah. it's, right. it's just doesn't make sense to me that he, you, there's so many things that don't make sense to me here, but there doesn't make sense to me that he then would say, you know, we are like, subject like the fact that he laughs first. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I, I, there's so much there. I'm seeing something around there, uh, the internet, which is so funny uh, because it just points to what we're talking about, about like, you know, there's so much other drama that we're not talking about in the situation where they said, oh, yeah, Will Smith thought it was funny. And then Jada was like, Tubac would do something about it. And oh, <laughs> it was like, oh, no. But like, I could see her saying that for sure. Um, there was, look, if, even if all she did was give him a look, he was laughing. And then like her reaction is what changed it, which like I get you also get to do that. Like, I, like you, I think you can laugh at something. And then if somebody close to you was like, Hey, I didn't enjoy that. You can be like, Oh, I, I shouldn't have been laughing, but you don't get to laugh and then go on the whole other sphere of a reaction to it and go and smack a dude because like, nah, you weren't that mad at first. And, and I think too, like we both, I, I don't know if Chris Rock knew about her alopecia. I, I think we both sympathize with anybody that deals with alopecia or, or any chronic disease. Um, or any you know, any sort of illness, um, and especially something like that that can be somewhat unseen. Um, but like, I, I don't think Chris Rock knew. Maybe he should have checked. But but I, like, I feel like Jada Pickett has also kind of had like a buzzed head, like a haircut before. So, I, and and like, hey, it's I listen. Like, like like look you. Yes, I, I think we all agree, like, nobody should, like, be bullying somebody. But Will Smith's reaction, because I, I would have had no problem, too, if after the show or even at a commercial break, if Will Smith really was that up, he goes, hey, I'd like to go talk to Chris real, real quick. And and as a person to person said, I, I did not appreciate that joke. My wife did not appreciate that joke. She's going through this. Like, I, I think he could have handled it so much better. It could have been use because now i think it's also one benefit of this is there is being some uh, education around alopecia but it could have been used even better as an opportunity to be like hey we didn't appreciate that joke because that's not just jada having a haircut she's going through something and and let us in, and educate you on it right I, and here's the thing 
Here's my, <clears throat> if, for those of you that don't know, I do have a research psychology degree from the University of Iowa, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a psychology. I don't think I knew that. There you go. Uh, I'm going to take a, a insight into what I actually think happened, because people are saying, oh, he laughed before and then Jada said something, or like, oh, he was like fake mad, then he was real mad, what happened? Here's what I think happened. I think you're right. I think he laughed about it, saw Jada was upset. I think his intention was actually to like, like make a fake scene out of it and also like save what the reaction was happening. So he went up there. I don't actually think he went up there thinking I'm pissed. I think what happened is he went up there is like, I'm going to like slap Chris, Chris Rock and it's going to be funny. Right. And then he slapped him and then he, it, it charged him up. I it think all, he yeah. revved him up and he was like, Oh my God, I just hit someone on national TV. You turn around and, and there's all those people and all your peers and all that. 100%. And he realized in that moment what he did, and he had two choices. He could either double down and be like, no, I'm really upset about this, and, and I'm going to make this about that. Or I can look like an, like a, like a I'm so sorry. And he couldn't do the second one out of pride. I think he had yeah. to do the first one, and that's why it got so bad afterwards. And you could see it in his acceptance speech. He, he, he would do anything to take that back. He would he do... Will anything to take that back well that's a bullshit speech i'm like you don't get to come up and like i would have been fine with with everything in the speech if there was actually some sense of ownership but there was none no ownership from from my thing it was all justification yeah it was all i want to be a vessel of love man none of what you just did was a vessel of love like i i think because part of the thing that like ticks me off too is because I'm, I'm sure too, he had to be like so emotionally charged up. He was knew he was going to win. Like yeah. he was heavy, heavy favorite. That's a huge night. I mean, best actor. He's a guy who's been in the industry for years. So I'm sure he was just like emotionally charged. But then, like doing that shit too. Now, now, Will, we're not even talking about you winning that, which is a huge accomplishment for you. And historically, I, I believe still only the fifth black man to win uh, best Oscar or best actor. Best Leading Actor Award. I mean, like, which is absurd. Uh, we, we shouldn't have to celebrate that few, but like, it is it is a, a you know monumental thing. Takes away from Jane Campion, only the third female director to win Best Director. Uh, Ariana DeBois, uh, the first openly um, LGBTQ or woman of color, queer woman of color to win an acting award. Troy Cutts, like, just so many other, and those are and those are like you know the big headlines. But but everybody on that night, like. From the cinematographer to the best short, like that's that's their night too, and you're gonna get the headline anyway, Will, because you're best actor, and now you've like you've taken all of the limelight from all those other people, and and then to like come up and be like, I want to be a vessel of love, is like you just do one of the most selfish things I've ever fucking seen on live TV. So so don't spew me that bullshit without at least some ownership of what you did. Right, exactly. I, you know, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to save face, but there is no saving faith. Like at some point when you fuck up, right? I get the first intention you want to have is how can I make this? How can I save face? Because none of us want to be in that position where we have to. And that is the worst stage to be in that position. So I get it. I get the temptation. But like. It, how like the entire the only way you save face is owning up to it though yeah it, that, it's that, because, that's the only because way 100 like it's like dude i we all make mistakes i mean I, i've never stormed the oscars and snatched someone i probably won't oh no be in that not yet no yeah next yeah, year maybe someday someday <laughs> we'll put on the joke i'm diabetes jokes um 
But uh, like we we all make mistakes. I, I think everyone would have been would still have been like, well, you shouldn't have done that. But have been like, pretty quickly would have been like, all right, I've, I'm open to forgiving you because you realize like he could have been like, I'm emotionally tra-. and like the the thread he was trying to say in his speech, I think, with a little bit of ownership would have brought actually a lot of humility to the situation too, which, I mean, that's, that's also unfair of me to be like, Hey, in that super emotionally charged moment where you were incredibly emotionally charged and there's cameras everywhere, you should have been a lot more level headed. Will. so I mean, it's not like a totally fair critique of me, but right. like, more more, I'm just saying like, if there would have been some ownership, I, I think he already would have been looked at in a, in a good light. Right. A better, exactly. or a better, a better light. A, a better light. Yeah, I agree. And like what I'll say about Chris Rock in this situation is that, you know, yeah, he when you're a comedian, you should you should do, you know, your research. But like also, I, I think it was well enough known where I think he probably should have known it. And, you know, I, I don't I had no I had no idea. Well, but he, you don't live in their spheres. Chris Rock and Will Smith were in the same crowd. So it's like, you know, I think, you know, we have friends who people people may not know they have alopecia, but because we're in their crowds, we know that they have alopecia, you know, yeah, like but are Chris, but are Chris Rock and Will back. Well, I mean, like sometimes I think we're just like, well, they're celebrities. I think that they're close enough. I believe they're both comedians in the same sphere. Like they, they. Will Smith hasn't been a comedian for a while. Plus, there's been the, there's been the, uh, uh, like there's, there's all that stuff like coming out now. I'm just like, there's kind of been a, since like jokes in 2016 where that he made that like, at the Oscars about Jaden Will not being there. So I don't. Would you say I, they that, know each other though because of that too? Yeah, but I don't know if that means you'd be attuned to someone's. Yeah, I mean it's fair. We don't know. He hasn't come out. I think I think there's so much media now where like a lot of times like people expect something just because it's in the media that like people are like, well, you should know it. But there's too much. I mean, like there's kids on TikTok that are making millions and millions and millions of dollars that I would walk by on the street and have no idea who they are. Yeah, that's fair. And that that's that's true. I will give you that. So there's um, just so like I think maybe there's just like so much like Right. I, I, what I'm saying, I guess, is I. Okay, so here's the way perhaps, I'm thinking. Perhaps he should have done his due diligence. He should have done his due diligence, and like it was, he was done with the joke. He was like telling one joke, and he decided to give an extra jab. Um, and I think you know Chris Rock has the reputation of being asshole, so I don't give him a complete out. That being said, this situation is being put on social media like. Who do you agree with more? And that is so funny to me because it's just like, listen, if I'm if I'm in a room, right, with Matt and another friend of mine, and Matt and another friend of mine are in an equal fight, and Matt slaps the shit out of the other friend, I'm just probably not going to think Matt is in the right, even if the argument was right. even. Like that's right. just not how you deal with that, especially in an open forum like that. And I just, I, I just don't understand. I, okay, so I understand the criticism of some of the conversation around the argument, like, hey, let's not talk about angry black men when it comes to Will Smith, because that's not fair. And I'm like, yeah, you know, people should be careful about how they talk about the situation, because it can kind of lead into stereotypes that are unfair and unwarranted. That I Absolutely. understand. That Absolutely. I understand. But people just looking at the situation and being like, he deserved it or he didn't. No, he did. Like, he didn't deserve to get hit in the face. Like, dude, I feel like all, I feel like most of the, the like, guys that i've seen on like facebook being like yeah that's how you stand up with women 
or stood up for women are like the same dudes that have like conspiracy theories that like they're I'm like I'm like I'm pretty sure you've never dated a woman so I don't yeah I, yeah I'm not I don't I don't know if you your opinion I really care about like I maybe I check your like I more I'm just like how many times have you been in the scenario where you're like I've got to go smack a guy because what he said to my girl like I you're watching a lot of movies, man. I, I don't right. know. Exactly. And 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 for for the people saying like I totally understand the people that are saying like listen, like he just showed that how to stand up for black women and black women never get stood up for. I I I honestly to the bottom of my heart, I get where you're coming from because like black women don't get people in their corner. But what you said earlier is still standing up for black women. It's still going up and being like, that is not a good joke to tell. And it doesn't involve violence and it doesn't need to. That's like saying, hey, our past president attacked a bunch of, you know, minorities daily. That doesn't mean we get to go up and beat the crap out of him. That's not how this works. That's not how life works. And it's just, it's just a very dangerous precedent in the sense that like, if someone's being wronged, that you should instill violence in order to right them. That's just not right. where we're at in human society anymore, guys. Like, no. That's just not where we're I at. Mean, you know me. I, I never, I never live in the absolutes. There's, there's probably a time somebody deserves to get socked in the face. I, I, I just, I, yeah, I don't think that was it. And, and yeah, I like there. There was. I, I don't think any of us are criticizing Will for defending his wife. Like I. Especially because, like, when it's somebody you love, like, sometimes you do, you're like, you get more emotionally charged into it. You know, the person that you spent your, you know, built a life with. So, like, I, I respect that and I get all that. But there is a far, far, far better way to do it. And, and like, as I said, you know, I mentioned earlier with, like, my diabetes. I'm never, I think illness, you know, mental health, physical health, it, even similar to grief. You, you can't tell anybody, like, how they should go about Right. dealing with it with 100%. their own disease and, and i think uh you've got to go through the stages of like similar to grief too of acceptance deny all that sort of shit but i know for me like as a diabetic like just some small like small piece of advice like finding the levity and being able to laugh at a joke about my diabetes has given me so much more immense power and like again i'm not like being like Hey, Jada Pinkett, you should have been laughing at your joke. Like, she, she, that might never help Jada Pinkett. And I think, again, like, you, I think you have to get to that point. But I think if you can, it gives you so, so, so much more power over it. Cause, like, otherwise, it's just like this thing that, like, controls you and that you're in fear and you're like, now my diabetes defines me. And I'm like, fuck that. And so that's small, again. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I one has to do what's right for them. But I think if 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 it's something that you haven't tried and you do do it, I mean, because like I'm telling you what, diabetes sucks most of the fucking time. I have to think about my diabetes 24 seven. I don't like. I, there's never a time where I'm like, oh, sick. I can just take off for a bit. So like, it's nice when it when it, when you can find a way to like get power over it instead of having it have the power over you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I just think. I think I would be on Will Smith's side, even if he had done something crazy like that and it hadn't involved getting up there. Like if that joke had been told and he had gotten up in his seat and said, you know, keep my wife's name out of your mouth, keep my wife's name out of your mouth. I think it would have been like, hell yeah. Honestly, I think I would have been like, or if, okay. walked, or if he had walked up there and like literally just been like, he's like, don't do that. 
Like yeah. very, very calmly, like, no. I've been fine with that. Yeah. It's, it's maybe a little physical intimidation, but I'm more okay with a little physical intimidation as opposed to actually smacking someone. Yeah, I think it it's just I would have even been okay if after he got off stage, Will Smith, we found out that Will Smith like found him and, and hit him in the face. I think I would have been okay with that too. I don't think it's right, but like, I think I would have been more okay with that. Than right. Like, yeah. That was my other thing. I was like, Will, if you're going to go do it, like you got to drop Chris Rock. Yeah. Like, if, if you're going to go up there and hit him, fucking hit you're him. already there. You're already there. You're already there. You're already what? half hit. Yeah. I mean, we all thought it was a. I mean, as someone who's done a lot of stage combat, I was convinced it was a still like a stage slap because of how they both looked. Which now, then I kind of wondered. I was like, well, maybe Will. Will probably hasn't been in a real fight in a while, so maybe he does just now only have that stage combat in his body. Uh, but yeah, he should have just socked him. Right, and for what a way to end this. <laughs> You should never do physical violence. But if you're going to. But if you're going to, that is the message we're telling each other. Listen, no one, I would never go and hit somebody. If someone got on stage while I was talking and hit me, I would, cl- I would, I would, I would lose my mind. I'm surprised Chris Rock kept his mind. That's, that's like, I mean, like, I think, too, like, nobody wants to, like, give Chris Rock's prop because, like, you don't want to look like, you're like, oh, yeah, great, mean joke or whatever. But, like, I was so impressed with how composed Chris Rock kept himself. Yeah. Megan Gogarty, one of our comedy teachers, said, hey, for those of you wondering, like, how to deal with hecklers as a comedian, saying, like, pointing out what just happened is actually the perfect way to do it. So Chris Rock's Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Perfect way to, do, to deal it's with amazing. that stuff. Yeah. She's, he's her, I think he's her favorite stand-up. He's my favorite stand-up. I think yeah. he's, a, he's a fucking genius. His stand-up <laughs> is so, and like, I think too, like I've never like it's not like a pass for saying something wrong, but like sometimes you're like, oh, well, that stand up has some bad pass. I most of them have some like I think I think more we're learning now. We're just telling smarter jokes, but like there's there's far few comedians that if you look ten twenty years in the past, there's not going to be uh, at least one or two jokes that you're like, eh, right, right, don't bring that one out again today. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Well, we, we started with that because, you know, we all know that you, you guys wanted to hear our take on it versus everybody else's. But I think at the end we learned don't 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 do violence. But if you're going to do violence, close the fist, really give it to him. Um, and that's don't fucking have a stupid reality show where you air out all your dirty laundry. I literally thought, you know, this is actually great for both of them because now they have something they can make an entire season out of. And Chris Rock gets to start every set with, okay, guys, whatever I say, no one come on stage and hit me. Security. Yeah, he's going to have a great way to start a new set. I I actually did have that realization late on the night Sunday. I was just like, oh, God, this is going to make the Smith family even more insufferable. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was such, such though like poetic like irony that Will Smith winning a winning an award to, from being Richard Williams, who was like a known kind of highly intense, emotional, aggressive father. I love that. That's how he like tried to justify it though. Like I hate when actors do that. She's like, "Well, I was just playing this person, and now I've got their character traits." And they're like, "Well, then you're a shitty actor." Yeah, then you're not acting. Then you're yeah. Go see a therapist. That's not yeah. That's not healthy. Gosh, that's <laughs> see Heath Ledger like yeah. The, yeah. Like truly, that's the slippery slope that occurs when this shit yeah happens. One hundred percent. 
All right, well, let's get to sports then. Uh, as for always, follow us on the Facebook page, on the Twitter, at the number 2BP underscore podcast. At Instagram is uh, at 2 beers please underscore podcast, spelled like it sounds. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Anchor. We're in the atmosphere. We're making memes now. So uh, we, got, oh, yeah. we, got, we got everything coming your way, and we will continue to talk about sports because let me tell you, folks, it does not stop ever and always let's start in world cup qualifying matt um the biggest news we have to talk about because we haven't done an episode since the european playoffs really started and even though they ended the biggest headline happened last week and it was italy falling to north macedonia in the first leg of their playoffs people were expecting portugal and italy to match up and see which one went to the world cup we didn't even get to see that matchup because italy lost 1-0 to a north macedonia team that after, so on the other side of things, Portugal squeaks by Turkey, right? And they beat North Macedonia. And granted, was it the biggest defeat that they beat them 7-0? No. But watching that game, I think everybody watched it and was like, how do you lose to this team? This team right. doesn't have a team. They don't have an offense. How do no. you get scored on by this team? I, it was, it was parked, it, parked the butt like, it, truthfully, we're going to put 11 players in our box. Right, and Italy played like, oh, we got to watch for the counter. You don't. You don't have no. to watch for the counter. Put six strikers on the field and just pepper them. But they don't have six strikers, so that's kind of the problem. Um, okay, but so let's talk about Italy. I mean, they don't even have one striker. They don't. Is so is that what's wrong with the Azuri? Is it going as far as the striker? What is going on with Italy? I mean, I think it is like part, at least part of the issue, uh, because they they have they have lost, and really, it's been since the Belgium quarterfinal game in the Euros, where they have lost their ability to be clinical in the final third, like against Spain, against England, both 1-1 draws that they won in penalties. And like both of those games, they the reason they went into penalties was because Italy could not produce enough chances to score like any goals. Like they, they should have put Spain away. They probably should have beaten England in, in 90 minutes. Like, I, But they just couldn't create chances. And I think part of it is the striker. Like we see how good Immobile is in Syria, but once he puts on that Azuri kit, like he, he disappears. Like the, the guy's just not there. And it, they, they still have played well defensively, but it's just been like, I mean, it's not like they've been losing games by a lot, but it's a bunch of zero, zero, one, one. And when, when you can't be clinical enough in front of goal to put away an opponent, you, you give yourself the opportunity to lose like they did against that North Macedonia. Like that North Macedonia goal was insane. Like the, from the, from the goal kick bounces perfectly. It's, it's a brilliant, brilliant shot, but like you should, Italy shouldn't be in the opportunity for that goal to beat them, but they can't score enough goals to, to put anyone away. <laughs> Forget Spain and England. They couldn't put North Macedonia away. Right. I mean, it's interesting, though, right, because you talk about this lack of an, a true number nine, because Immobile almost feels like he, he's a good goal scorer, but like in terms of a true number nine, he feels more like the forward who's behind the, the, the big striker, who's producing goals, but give, making sure that the big striker can have chances to, to hold it up and lay it off as well. A lot of European teams don't have that striker right now. It's really interesting. You look at Portugal, doesn't have that striker. They have Ronaldo, but he's not a true number nine either. You look at um, Germany, doesn't have that true number nine. Spain doesn't have Spain. that true number nine. Netherlands doesn't have that true number nine. Belgium has Lukaku, but Lukaku has been super inconsistent. Can he be more consistent for the Belgian side? Right. England has Harry Kane. 
you know, that may be the closest thing we have. France has Kareem Benzema. And if, if I'm France, that's what I'm banking on. I'm like, we have a number nine. We have to use him. Like, that's really that's really it. Uh, Brazil doesn't have a true number nine. Argentina doesn't have a true number you think, nine. You think there's any chance Kareem doesn't come with France to the World Cup? I don't. Or do you I, think? Or do you think they're petty? Like I think that like since they since he was in the Euros, it's like all right, all that drama's passed now. I think that they. I think so because yeah. you know I, I, I think so too. If it was like France was such a heavy underdog, then maybe he would let that color him. But this World Cup is so wide open; France could very much win it. And and you know, I I don't know why you wouldn't want to put yourself. And he's, in that. And he's playing as well as he's ever played. It's not like he's like missed a step or something. Right, exactly. So I, I think that that's probably behind, even though maybe it won't be. But France, they get a lot of drama always, and they always show yeah, up. The French, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. It's like, maybe it'll go away. It's like, oh, there'll always be a little drama with the French national team. It's, exactly. It's the French national team. It wouldn't, it wouldn't feel right without it. Exactly. Um, on the other side, Portugal qualifying, uh, avoiding the, the upset. But the two games they had against Turkey, against North Macedonia, neither was... Neither was as dominant as you wanted it to be, and and, and Ronaldo especially yeah. is not looking like he's a world beater, especially against these younger teams. He's got like a five game scoring drought now. Um, what do you think about Portugal in the World Cup? Are they are they considered a World Cup contender? Or are they on the outside looking in? in if you're talking about that group, I, I mean, I I think they're a contender um, because of just the sheer amount of talent that that team does possess. I mean, like, I think when you look at Portugal, you could argue their, their top end talent is as, as good as anybody's uh, when you, I mean, like, not even just Ronaldo, I mean, cause Ronaldo is still extremely talented, but like you, Bruno Fernandez on his best day, one of the best midfielders in, in the premier league, Joe Can- Joe Cancelo has been insane for Manchester city. So they, they've got enough of that great, great talent. Joe Felix, of course, is still such, such a young, talented guy. They don't always have the depth. Like, I, I feel like if you're thinking like contender wise, do I put them in? I, I don't know if I'm going to put them in tier one with with the Frances, with uh, Argentina, with uh, I, I'd probably say Germany and Brazil. Like, I, I think those guys are more tier one. And because of part of it is depth. But the biggest thing I, I guess probably for, for Portugal is is with the Ronaldo thing is, are they going to have the Manchester United? Like, how are they? Because he's gonna be a part of the team. Like Cristiano Ronaldo is is gonna force his way on there, one way or another. And I think with the team they have, there's a way for them to be successful with him in that team. But can they can they find that is is gonna be the biggest question. Because because I, I like I think this team. I mean, I, I really don't I don't think Portugal can can win at all. But I think this team's good enough to make the semifinals. But we've seen sometimes how just the player that Ronaldo is like, they could be out in the group stage if, if things don't go well. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I don't see them as true contenders, like top four. I, I definitely think they can win it. You know, I think most teams, the first, the, the top like <clears throat> 20 teams in the world cup can win it, you know, but I think the problem relies on the fact that they still haven't found out how to use some of these great pieces. I don't think they've even found out how to use Bruno Fernandes correctly. I don't think they've found out how to use Absolutely. Joe Felix correctly. And so if they can now, you know, bring their team together, figure out, and the commentators were saying this after the game against North Macedonia, it doesn't matter this game, how they played because their goal was to get in and they did. So at the end of the day, it doesn't right. matter how they played. Yeah. Um, now in competitive, in competitive games, you, you just got it. Like you just got to win. 
Exactly. So now you're going to the World Cup. Now you you try to like tinker with the team, um, and I think Ronaldo's role Ronaldo's role needs to be he needs to be a piece of this team, not the piece of this team. He can't be. He's not that player anymore. And I think you hinder yourselves and him if you try to give him that pressure. I watched him run against North Macedonia defenders yesterday, and it's just he doesn't have that blow by speed. He doesn't have that anymore. He doesn't have that physical edge necessarily where he can body pass guys anymore too i think he needs to play off the main striker they need to figure out who that is you know who's going to be the other guy up there and i think he needs to lay the ball off and take the garbage shots into the goal and that's what he needs to be he needs to be a presence and i think that he needs to rely on his he needs to rely on his positioning far more than his superior physical like attribute like Right, and people still give like, him to like to to a guy like Tom Brady, like Tom Brady's credit because we talk about all these older at like Tom Brady's doing things, and was like LeBron James, Ronaldo, but like to Tom Brady's credit, Tom Brady as he got older, and this was not a, like that much of Tom Brady's game, but Tom Brady was like, I'm not going to be throwing 80 yard bombs. Right, give me a nice little seven yard in route, boom, I got you. Let's find a little part in the hole. Like I, I'm not going to stress my arm with a bunch of like, I, I'm going to adapt to my age. Yeah. Tom Brady throws into the ground as soon as he doesn't like something. He doesn't even try to keep the play alive. He's like, nope, in the ground. Nope, in the ground. Boom. And, it's, and it's like, it's better that way. And I think <clears throat> Ronaldo, as much as his skills have diminished, the respect people give from him hasn't. So like he can be such a good decoy for all those other players. So I think that he should kind of, we should kind of pull a Jamie Tart here a little bit, you know, use the great players <laughs> as the decoy. And um, <clears throat> well, he still have, has, I mean, he still has the ability, like you give him the a shot. He still has the ability with, with his feet. And it's yeah. not like the, the skill set is still certainly there. It's just more, how can he like, no, you're not going to blow by anybody. And then use those skills. Renault. Like he, he the, the dribbling needs to stop. I've, I've watched enough of them. It's just, you know, where it's just like, dude, you don't have that anymore. Like, it's just, you you don't have, the speed, the quickness, the strike, all that to to pull off those moves that you used to. Yeah, he did a little Rabona pass yesterday, and I was like, uh, you know, it looks nice, but was that necessary? Like, that's not what we need from you right now. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> the important thing is Portugal makes it and Italy doesn't. So at the end of the day, you know, we can say what we want about Portugal right. figuring it out. They figure it out more than Italy did. Did it, did it well enough. Right, exactly. Um, In the African side of things, sorry, I have a little frog in my throat today. Uh, In the African uh, qualifiers, we had a lot of interesting games. First of all, I have to say, to start off this this little talk about the African qualifiers, they need to figure out a different way to do it. Because, my God, these qualifiers are so, like, just whoever's day it is. Because it has nothing to do with, like, who the better teams are. And it's just like, yeah, you know, here are the top four teams having to play each other and only two can make it. And right. um, it's it, it's you know unfair is not the right way to put it because I think uh, because I think that you know you win your game. There's no fairness in that you win your game and you're in. But right. I do think that like Nigeria and Ghana probably both deserve a spot, and Senegal and Egypt probably both deserve a spot, and right. Algeria and Cameroon tough. probably both it's deserve a spot. It's tough when you see like I mean like it, could you imagine which <laughs> I guess I, I guess you know I. I might be taking back my my uh, critique right now because I was about to say, could you imagine if England and Italy were playing in a playoff spot for a World Cup spot? But Italy kind of did bring that to fruit. I mean, because like Senegal and Egypt literally just played for the Afcon Championship. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. And um, but 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 then Italy goes and does get themselves in a playoff situation. So I, yeah, my point is new. Uh, but yeah, Ghana makes it through. Senegal makes it through. Tunisia, Cameroon in a yeah, dramatic, Tunisia. dramatic last session. You've always been a fan of Tunisia. I love that. And Morocco. Dude, my roommate, my roommate in LA, Kareem, who's from Tunisia. Tunis. Love that. Yeah, I mean, they're a good defensive team, and they showed it again. He's, a, he's an AC Milan guy. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, with these teams that qualified, what are you thinking from these teams? Anybody got a chance of escaping the group stage? I mean, Nigeria was the team everybody's looking at, but um, it seems as though, you know, they just didn't have what it takes to make the tournament this year. Um, no Mo Salah this year, but we still got um, Sadio Mane. So what are you expecting? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we've seen we've – seen, Ghana surprise at World Cups before. They're they're a, a, a team that huh. is has been in extremely extremely tough groups and somehow seems to make it out of it a lot or at least make it difficult on everyone else. I, I mean, I was a huge Senegal fan all throughout Afcon, and I, I think they're the most viable African team to make some noise in the knockout round. Like I, I could see a lot of times, of course, with with all these tournaments, as we say, it, it'll depend on draw. Like if Senegal gets really unlucky and has to play Brazil or, or France or Germany in that round of 16. It, I might not be picking them to go to the quarterfinals, but I, I think they have a, a shot against, like, I mean, I, I think Switzerland's a really good team, but I could see Senegal beating a team like Switzerland. And, and honestly, just because we know how England performs sometimes, like I could see Senegal giving England a, t- a tough run. Um, so I, Senegal is the only one that I really see having enough, enough dogs to, to really, battle with with, with the, some of the heavyweights um but morocco always makes it tough they've got some great talent and, and cameroon's the same way as much as i love to tunisia tunisia is probably the only one that i don't have a ton of faith in uh in getting some group stage points yeah <clears throat> i mean it's gonna be really interesting uh i it's just like there's so much so many questions with all of these teams uh i don't know if you saw this but during the penalty shootout in the senegal egypt game there was like 80 lasers pointed at Mo Salah as he missed that penalty. I did. And I just wonder how, like, do you, how, how much do you take that into account? Do you take that into account? I don't know. Like, I feel like you kind of have to, but then I'm also like, Mo Salah is insanely good. Like, I feel like a guy like Mo Salah, you could be like, Hey Mo, close your eyes and kick a penalty. And, would bury it nine times out of 10, you know, like right. it's, it's so much muscle movement and like knowing exactly where you're going. Like you're not looking at it and being like, okay, there it is. That's the spot. So like, I feel like I have to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, but, but he's also an insanely amazing, like most all has scored from not looking at the goal before. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really give it to him because I agree. Like, even unless unless he fell down because someone had a laser in his face and he couldn't even see. Like, at the I, right exact moment of, like, fucking yeah, up. Exactly. I, I just, you know, it, it's just you expect him to make it. So I, I think that I don't take that too much into account. Although, like, <clears throat> the African qualifiers were crazy in general. I mean, the Algeria-Cameroon game, when, as soon as that Algeria goal got called off... There was a parade of things thrown on the field. It was crazy. I was like, oh, my God. It was like all at once. Everybody threw everything they owned onto the field. And it was just, and I was like, oh, my gosh, is this game going to get abandoned? And they're like, no, just play on. You know, the fans, they're just getting a little getting a little rowdy. Um, 
That yeah, it was an in, it, was a, it was a good game. The Cameroon, a little, a little too, a little too commonplace, guys. Oh gosh! Um, <clears throat> in South America, Brazil, Argentina, Uruguay, Ecuador, top four South American qualifiers. We'll figure out who the others are tonight. Colombia, Chile, Peru, all trying Peru, to Peru. Peru got it. Peru last got night. it. Oh my yep. god, they did get it last night, didn't they? Yeah. Dang! Look at that. Peru got it. So they'll play. I think they'll play Australia. Um, oh wait, no. Australia. Australia has to play UAE, and then the winner of that will play Peru. Right. I mean, that's kind of crazy, though, don't you think? Peru got it despite losing last night. That's why I thought they didn't get it. They lost. Now, Peru, Peru won their last their last game. Did they? Yeah. What am I looking at then? I'm look. Oh, see, I'm looking at last week's games. That's the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Peru Dude, winning against the way, the way that like, especially if you're looking at ESPN, the way that they like have the schedule of like, especially World Cup qualifying fixtures and like results is the most confusing. It's like not well made right right but it's kind of crazy peru gets it over both chile and colombia um and they uh you know get it through so chile colombia both missing the world cup after being like quarterfinalists semi uh round of 16ers in the last couple world cups um especially in 2014 yeah but uh what do we think of the south american teams currently brazil is favored to win the world cup they're the most favored team in in the world to win the world cup right above france um, Argentina's obviously there. Leo Messi on that team. You know, Uruguay's got some good players still that are aging, but they're still pretty good. What do you think out of South America? You think we have a winner? I mean, I, I think every World Cup, you, you would be foolish to, to not uh, think Brazil and Argentina have a chance. Um, so I, I think they both have legitimate chances. Um, Uruguay's always a fun team to watch, but they, they feel that this Uruguay team feels a little too old to me to really make too much of a noise um, and, and congratulations to Ecuador and, and Peru sometimes can make a little noise, but I like, I think most of the time in South America, we're looking at Brazil and Argentina. Brazil always has the talent, but for far too long as can be the Brazilian way, they, they sometimes just like to kick back and be like, okay, talent, go do your thing. And there's no real plan. There, there's no real cohesion as a, as a team. Um, and that talent usually still takes them a long way, but once they get to those quarterfinals, once they play teams that have more of a cohesive unit and then more of a game plan, you, we've seen it. I mean, seven one before, like it, it, it is a crutch for them. Um, so if I had a South American team to pick that, I would be like, that's the one I think could do it. It, it would be Argentina. They're coming off that Copa America. I, I think it's, it's a strong Argentinian team and, you know, perhaps Messi with how bad the club season has been going for him, perhaps he's even more motivated to, uh, to make a little noise uh, at the world cup stage. That's really, that's a, that's a good point. You know, he, he probably sees his career kind of slipping a little bit and he's like, well, I, I don't know how many years of, you know, I have this, I have left, you know, maybe I just go out on a world cup win. I mean, if he won the world cup, I would expect him to retire. I don't, you know, I, at that point, why put yourself right. through it anymore? Um, maybe or, return. Or, you know, basically be equal to that. Come to the MLS. Yeah, exactly. Come to the MLS. <laughs> New York City FC. It's basically retirement, dude. It's, it's cool. Yeah. And then you don't have to say it out loud. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think people just, I just don't see what people see in this Brazilian side. Have they done all South America? Sure. But like South America is the least deep region 
in the world. So like there's just like two, three teams that actually, you know, are going to give you trouble. And look at even the teams that we considered people giving trouble. Colombia, Chile don't even make it, you know. So I just I don't know if that's a good marker. And I don't know what people are seeing from this Brazil side that you didn't see in 2018, that you didn't see in 2014, especially, you know, those tournaments maybe. But I just think this team isn't any better than those teams, and those teams didn't go all the way. So I agree. I think there's questions about the tactics of Brazil going into everything. And when you play good, organized... There are none. There are none to no tactics. Yeah, I mean... Which I get is, like, part of the Brazilian way. It's like, like, it is, you know... <laughs> South American, but particularly Brazilian, I feel like where it's like, yes, let the artistry of the of the uh, athlete like take over and, and let them create some magic. But like, hmm. you gotta have a game plan in which to like give that magic a state, like to have that magic be effective. Right. Otherwise, yeah. otherwise it's just. I mean, it's like the classic Neymar. It's like, yeah, Neymar. That's a cool like little step over move you just had. But what was the result of it? Nothing. Right. Like, you didn't accomplish anything. Exactly. The last time Brazil won the World Cup, they actually had some of the best tactics in the tournament, though. Like, 2002, that's when they were still... Yeah. They still were still really committed to their kind of style of play, and then it worked really well. And stars were still allowed to shine. Like, it wasn't like... Absolutely. You know, Ronaldinho, Rivaldo, they still were able... Ronaldo were still able to, like, do as well as they could. So, I do agree. There needs to be a cohesion change. Unfortunately, in South America, the coaches that get hired aren't always the best. Um, they're, they're often people who are popular rather than <clears throat> ready for the job. Um, so we'll see how far it takes them. But they are the odds-on favorite for now, so that's where we'll have to start. Uh, at a CONCACAF, Canada qualifying, USA-Mexico tonight, uh, they both play. Prop USA most likely qualified unless they get absolutely battered by Costa Rica, in which case disband the U.S. men's team. It's over. It's done with. We don't need it anymore. Don't they have to lose like literally like five zero. Yeah, they have to lose like five six zero um, for for Costa Rica, and and Mexico has to not lose. Well, yeah, I mean there could be like a situation there, but if they lose like six zero to Costa Rica, which I mean. Knock on wood, because like I don't know, but um, <laughs> after after last World Cup qualifying, it is a little bit like uh... you're right. Um, but out of these teams, I mean, we we loved on Canada. We loved on Canada. You still think Canada has a shot to like escape the group stage? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like as, as I mean, like any time it's, it's a Concacaf team, the like even the best of, of of Mexico, the best of the USA, it's. Getting out of the group stage is is a battle, but I but I think Canada has has the talent and like they they just played really really well. Like, I mean we're just, we're talking about how Brazil like doesn't really seem to have much of a a you know eleven players all locked in on a game plan. Canada really does seem to have that. Um and and anytime you know you have a team that plays really really well together and you got some game breakers a la you know Croatia four years ago. You can you can do some things. So yeah, I, I think Canada definitely has has a, a strong shot to to get out of the, the group stage. So what I'm hearing is Matt would take Canada over Brazil right now. Yep, uh, uh-huh. that's exactly what you said. <laughs> I'm honestly I'm shocked Brazil is the favorite and it's not Canada. I don't. Yeah, Canada must. Do these people the- know anything about soccer? Canada, the soccer nation of the world. Yeah, Matt. I would put all your money on Canada right now before it gets before it gets too obvious. You know what I mean? Um, owner, 
I will. I will put money on. I'll say it right now for the 2022 World Cup. No, I shouldn't say this because they're now they're going to get in the group of death. But I'll bet for Canada to get out of the group stage. There you go. Love that. Love that for you. Um, go Maple Leafs. Go Maple Leafs. Uh, the USA. Obviously, probably going to make it. Can we expect anything from them? And Mexico. I mean, Mexico, we always expect something from them. And and yet, this year, they're barely going to make it in. They just don't look like the same Mexican side. Um, what are you expecting from either of those teams? you think they're early outs? Or, or can one of these teams turn it around in the, in the tournament? I think, I think the United States still has the chance, especially with, like, the players that they have. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mexico, I would be, I'd like, I like, if, if, if the USA figures it as they could and like gets out of the group stage, I'm not going to be surprised. I'll be kind of surprised if Mexico comes to the world cup and, and gets out of the group stage just because they, it's not even just like, cause like, it's not a great thing to be like, Oh yeah, I can fall back on the fact that the USA does have some really great young talent, but it's something to fall back on. And I'm right. not sure Mexico has anything that they can be like, well, if that can click, then we, then we'll be, like looking better. Like I, they, there just doesn't really seem to be a lot of straws to try and grasp onto. Right. I'm predicting, here's what I'm predicting. I'm predicting the U S to get out of the group stage, you know, have a decent game in the round of 16, but lose because they just don't have the team. Well, and that's what, USA does. that's what USA does. And then the next four years are just full of talk of how they're going to be contenders on home soil. Uh, and that's what it's going to be. And then USA and, and then they're going to win it all. They're gonna win it all. Uh, no, that's not what I was gonna say. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with these two teams. I, I agree. I mean, USA does have a talent pool that is interesting to look at. It never really comes together um, in qualifiers. It feels like, but also, you know, when the U.S. is in World Cup tournaments, it hasn't been poor. Like when they make it, like truthfully, two thousand two. They went as far the as the last one we made went really well. Yeah. 2002, they went as far as the quarters. 2006, they barely got knocked out in a, in a group with Italy. Um, 2010, obviously, you had the the Algeria. The Algeria. Uh, Landon Donovan goal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, and 2014 was the out to Belgium. Um, so I do think. And that was a group of Germany, Portugal, and, and Ghana. Yes. Yeah, it was exactly. a good group. It was a great group. Um, so I, I do think I do think there's something to be said for that talent pool. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the World Cup, though. I mean, and w- there's one thing we haven't talked about, right? There is a trend of winners losing the group stage, and every year it looks impossible, but every year it happens. Is France going to go out in the group stage? I mean... This one would certainly be the most improbable one, right? Like, out of all the ones... Because, like, the Germany team... There was it, it was like this. This group is so much of, of the group that won it, and like aren't that much older. Like that team that won it in 2018 was really like guys that like were about to start entering their prime. I, I feel like where like the German team had some older guys, the Spanish team, the Italian team, they all had some older older people. So it like there's no way that it's, it can happen. But shit. It, <sighs> I mean, it, I, it would be the most shocking. Like, would you not agree? Like, the, 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 not not that those other ones weren't shocking, but like, I, it was like once it kind of happened, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I guess this, you know, they're four years old, like they're a step small, yeah, blah blah blah. Like with France, I feel like it'll happen. We'll be like, 
what the hell happened to France? Right. I mean, the problem, the reason it's happened, right, with every team is very easy to see. It's because teams win the World Cup and they keep that team for four years. People figure them out and they go out. And so yeah. in that re- in that state of mind, France is set up to, to do that because they haven't changed their team all that much. But at the same time, I, I agree. It, it's more shocking than the Germany one because I knew going into that tournament that I was like, <clears throat> we won because we were a compact team and everybody played to the top of their abilities. And now we are missing some of those players and we're missing some of those abilities. So it wasn't a shock. I mean, as much as I think this would be. The Spain one maybe still more of a shock just because they won the Euros and the World Cup previous. And so that was kind of like they were double champions heading into a tournament. But at the same time, they were even older and more set in their ways because of the double success. So it's almost like, you know, it was there. So France, it could definitely happen. But I agree. I There's just so many of these players playing at such a top level. And like, it's not like there's... For example, when Spain was there, Netherlands was there to knock them out. Chile was there to knock them out. Those were great teams that knocked them out. It's not like they yeah. were like nobody teams. I just don't know how many of those great teams they could be paired with that could yeah, knock exactly. them out. Right. You know, there's just not a lot. They'd have to be in a group of death with it's like good. with like it would have to be France and Portugal and 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 Canada. <laughs> and like, I think you know, like and like I think eight like aging too in sports, it happens so quickly. So even the Spain, even though it was only a two year turnaround, Carlos Puyol was significantly less fast in twenty fourteen as he was in twenty twelve. And so like that four year gap a lot of times is it's more than, than you can even realize. And like there's just no it's not like all those teams, their entire team got old but enough of those teams had guys that got old. And like, there's just no part of this France team that I'm just like, ah, oh, those guys are all kind of a lot older. Like they're all still playing. They're all still young and they're all still playing really well. So I, it would be shocking. Yeah, it would be shocking. You know what I want actually now that I think about it, I want a group where it's the crew, it's called the group of Le Death. And it's all of, it's France and a bunch of French speaking countries. It's like France, Canada, Belgium, and Senegal. And, and it's just like all of these colonies are like, we're going to knock would you be out. The group of death. That would be the group of death. Led death. Um, no, but I think <clears throat> it's going to be really shocking, but it's happened every year. So I also can't say, you know, that it's not going to happen because, you know, fool me once, fool me twice. But yeah, it's going to be a really interesting World Cup. Um, not to talk about the hosts that are there and, um, you know, what what can we expect from them? What can we expect from you know, the new kind of climate that everyone's going into. It, it's going to be super it's interesting. Gonna be, yeah, and even just like when, when it's going to be held, uh, like it, we'll see it. Like there's a lot of interesting factors to this world cup that past iterations have not dealt with. Yeah. I, I, I do. I do think you are right though. I, I, I put Argentina in my top two as well. I have Argentina and France as my top two teams just because of the rest of the teams just have so many questions. Like people are putting Germany in the top four. Who would like, you put? Who would you put three? Because I kind of, I kind of do think I would put England at three. I, I don't know. It's tough to believe in them in international tournaments. Yeah. But like you start looking at that roster, and it, it is easily the most talented. Because I, I think I've said this before. Where like English rosters always get praised, but they're not always like super. They're not really as talented as the English media. Like I feel like tries to present they are. This English team seems like pretty damn talented. 
they have to show me that some of the struggles that some of the players have had on some of the teams, uh, Harry Maguire, Marcus Rashford, all of that stuff, get pruned before the World Cup. I don't think, I don't think Marcus Rashford played for England. <clears throat> right, exactly. If that, if that ha- yeah, if that happens, then I think that they are, they are at least a contender for number three. I have such, I, I just, I, I. I, I can't put them three, but like, I think that they're definitely, I don't know who I would put three though. So out of not knowing who, I think maybe it's unfair that I don't put them three because the other teams I'm looking at aren't as talented as them. I think I just have such and they like are a- kinda, yeah, No, I get that, but well, and it is because like, and most of the time they get the expectation that they don't deserve. And so you're kind of like, wait, no. But then you start breaking them down and you're like, wait, you, you really are like probably the third most like known commodity of these of these internet like there's more questions around those other teams than there are with england which is weird yeah because you look at it's england brazil maybe germany and like spain and like questions about spain whether they have the veteran leadership to do it questions about germany whether they have the striker who can really take over like a close has in the past questions about brazil whether they can actually like put together a, a, a strategy and not just try to rely on their stars england the only questions is you know can they do it in a national tournament <laughs> yeah can you play, like can can you can you show up like that's right. kind of the, the question around england which I mean, they and like you can say whatever you want about their Euros run. They still they still did make a run to the final. And and I like I don't care what your path is in an international tournament, at least the Euros and the World Cup. Like you get to a final, you you won some game. You made you made enough happen. Like I I don't care if it's easy games the whole time. Like that's an accomplishment. Right, hundred percent. And uh, wouldn't it be? Again, poetic justice if Man City breaks their Champions League duck and then England breaks their World Cup duck in the same year. That would be that would be nuts. That would be crazy. Burn to the ground. Burn to the ground. Burn it all to the ground. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, no, but we're so excited. World Cup will continue to keep you guys posted. There's a couple more teams because of the whole Russia conflict um, that we're going to find out who qualifies a little later. Um, my Welshman. My Welshman. The Welshman. We have to wait. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Robert Lewandowski in Poland, who also qualified. Congratulations! Kind of a low, kind of low key, huge upset. Oh yeah, a, a definitely a huge like, upset. Sweden's, Sweden's a very, very strong team, and like Poland is a team that a lot of times they, they do do well, but then when they play a team like Sweden, they they sometimes struggle to make chances. If they can make enough chances, you got a guy like Robert Lewandowski, you can you can do stuff. Unfortunately, most of the time at the, at the major tournaments, they haven't been able to, but. Good for them for for getting it done because that was not and, and even the Czech Republic get by the Czechs you get by the, the Swedes that's that's those are two impressive playoff wins. Yeah, agreed. And uh, I'm happy we'll see. It's always good to see the best players in the tournament. You know, it's sad we're not going to see Erling Haaland. It's sad we're not going to see Mo Salah. But at least we get to see. Robert Lewandowski. All right, moving on to the NBA. We are getting towards the end here, a week or so left. Uh, Lots of different scenarios breaking down. I'm going to throw some questions at you, Matt. You tell me what the truths are, what the fakes are. Boston Celtics, the the hottest team winning-wise in the last two months. Simply, they've won at like 27 of their last 31 games. Uh, They were at the top of the Eastern Conference after being sixth or seventh for a while. Now they're kind of in this weird four-way tie, which is like... It's so funny how tight the top of the East is. Like, literally, like, 
all it was Celtics were first and now they're fourth because but they're just like a game behind. It's, right, exactly. Uh, it's crazy. With, with it's gonna have imp- big implications too. It is. Um, and there's and and now there's an injury. Robert Williams out at least until the second round of the playoffs, which is definitely a blow for their defensive uh, strategy. But Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum playing really well together. You know, we've had questions about whether they can do that. What do you think about the Celtics? How likely are they to go to the NBA Finals, especially with how hot they've been playing? I mean, I think they've got as good of a chance as really anyone right now. Like, I, I feel most secure with the Bucks, but besides the Bucks, like I kind of feel the same about the Sixers as I do about the Celtics as I do about the Net. Like, I think they all have a, a strong, strong shot to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and then once you're there, you, any anything can happen. Um, so I, I think they totally have, have a shot. And when you have, um, honestly, the like most important thing in the playoffs is do you have guys that can kind of take over games and they've got two, which is big. Yeah, it's definitely big. Uh, I'm trying to avoid the Celtics playing the Raptors because apparently there's some questions about whether everybody's right. vaccinated or not, which they know Tatum's vaccinated, which is big. Yeah, they do know Tatum's vaccinated, but 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 there was a couple scratches that had some eyebrows raised. So, you know, that would definitely be something that is interesting uh, to go against. Uh, you talked about the Nets, right? They get Kyrie back for home games. Are they a lock to escape the play-in tournament, which it seems like they're kind of destined for? Or do you think uh, that they have to worry about it even in there? Because they've lost to some play-in tournament uh, other contenders in recent past in the regular season. So who, who do you think, are they a lock? Do you think Nets in, like you're writing it in already? Or do you think that maybe they still have to worry? And if you, if so, who do you think their biggest competitors are for that play-in tournament? Yeah, I mean, we've seen this Hornets team, even just recently, kind of give them a little bit of a, a, a struggle. I think, you know, in a one-game playoff, it's it's always tough. You don't know what's going to happen. But at the same time, in a one-game playoff, who, who do I want on my team in the NBA right now? Probably Kevin Durant. So I, I, lock is tough, but I feel confident that they'll get through. I do, too. I think... Yeah, yeah, it's funny because in a seven-game series, I'm like, I don't think anyone's beaten Kevin Durant in a seven-game series like easily. So I think, but then in a one-game series, you're like, that man is gonna play 45 minutes and score 60 on you. Like he's just like not gonna yeah. stop. So um, I'm gonna will, I'm gonna will us at least through this game. I promise you. Right, exactly. And Kyrie's still looking good. He, he slowed down ever since he came back, but that's definitely an addition to them. I do see them as a lock. I, I know what you're saying with this Warren's team, and of course they can win. Um, but the Nets, you know, they shouldn't be in the play-in tournament, and they know that. So I think they're just they're going to really show people, you know, they're, they're still the team to be to be reckoned with come playoff time. Um, you talked about Bucks and Seventy Sixers being the other two teams past the Celtics um, <clears throat> that you kind of look at that are the best teams uh, with the Nets. Seven-game series. Who are you taking right now, and why? I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, uh, I mean, mostly. Mostly, I just think they're like the more complete team. Um, but also, we've seen like that Harden and Bead partnership has slowed down a little bit. James is, has kind of been struggling with his shot since leading Houston. Like, even when he was in Brooklyn, he wasn't shooting as well as he had been. And now it's taking away other parts of his game. You can kind of lay off him a little bit more so his drives are less kind of dangerous. So, I mostly, I, I think it would probably more have to do with just like my faith in the bucks and and anytime you have that championship pedigree you, you know how to win those games like you, it, it does do something for a team it's a palpable thing i think 
Um, so yeah, I, I go with Milwaukee. I do too. I think the 76ers, uh, they made the wrong move again. I just feel like Harden's past that point where um, I just think it's so easy to defend him now as an opposing coach. I think you know that he's slowed down. I think someone called it on TV the other day, the worst kept secret in the league. It's true. He's not James Harden anymore. And I think people aren't as scared to, to, to defend him like in a good way. And or they don't give him the respect that he used to have because of his dribbling ability. Um, so I do think that quelling that, they're the 76ers team of Joel Embiid. And that's still really great. But the Bucks are so good across the board. We saw it last night, you know, and, and all of those guys really are tuning in, coming into playoff time. Middleton, Holiday, obviously Giannis always there. Um, even even Brooke Lopez, they have players like that who can just go off for like four threes in a game and really pour in the points. So I, I do take the Bucks not only in this series. I'm taking the Bucks in every series uh, against any other team. Still, um, I just think there's too many questions with the other teams, and I honestly think the Nets are the only ones that I would be considering could beat them. The Celtics have a great defensive strategy. Um, the players would have to have a perfect series, I still think, to beat them. I think they would have to really kill it. One, Otherwise, one loaded. it would, uh, it just, it's hard to see any team beating this team. Not that they're perfect, but that every other team also has problems. And I think in that arena, you know, you have to give it to them. And uh, Giannis is still Giannis. Giannis is still Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he still can't be defended in the paint. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Warriors, quite a fall since uh, people were considering them possibly a, a contender with the Suns for the West. Uh, they, they could even lose a three seed to Dallas and Utah uh, if their bad game streak continues. What's going on here? You know, are they, are they uh, have people figured them out? Are there the injuries? Is it Steph is, you know, went cold? What, you know, are, what's going on? How can this team prepare themselves for playoffs? And do you consider them a top three team in the West? I, you know, I, I mean, the whole, their whole season, I was kind of skeptical, skeptical of them just because it kind of felt like their entire team was playing like at their absolute best. And I, I, you don't want to be doing that at the beginning and the middle of the season. Like you're hoping you're doing that towards now. And, and like, it's a tough thing to sustain the whole time. So I think a lot of it is just like, not like Jordan Poole was playing insane. Wiggins was playing insane. Steph was playing even more insane than Steph normally does. Um, and I think like Draymond's defense was so like, I, I, there's a better level for them to hit, but I do like, I kind of saw this fall coming at least a little bit because it just seemed like they were playing all too well. Like, like everyone was just clicking on all cylinders and that's, you know, bad, not just not the timing you want to have that happen. Like I said, you want to be end of season, not the uh, beginning. Right, so Suns, I'm sure you have first in the West, rightfully so. Who are your two and three then? Who do you think are the other two best teams in the West? I do. The Jazz are always disappointing in the playoffs, but I really do like the Jazz. Um, and then I'll, I'll still go Warriors just because, again, sort of like champ, championship pedigree, that team. Um, and like they, they know how they know how to get those – those to grind out a series and, and, and get four wins. So okay, so Jazz and Warriors. You're not picking the Mavs. You love the Mavs. What happened to the I Mavs? I do, I do, I do. But like they've they've probably been more at least as disappointing as the Jazz in in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, 
Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so the big storyline that the. <laughs> Big storyline that everybody else wants to talk about, but I'm just like, I don't think this is really a story anymore. The Lakers, uh, they are officially, you know, not in the play-in tournament currently. They lose their spot to the Spurs. Uh, You know, LeBron's injured. AD, still injured, could be coming back. Russell Westbrook, you know, it's not answering questions after games, just being like, oh, you know, uh, you know, we just got to win. Like, yeah, Russell, congrats. That's... That's what you've always needed to do. Uh, right. Glad you know how this works. Um, you get that figured out. Yeah. Will they miss the playoffs completely? Do you think? Yes. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. You think there's no yeah. chance they make it? Okay. I thought honestly, I thought it was kind of clear like a month ago. Like even when we were talking about, we we're like, are the Lakers going to be able to get it into the like out of the play play in? I was like, I'm not sure the Lakers are going to make. Like, they have just been so bad, you know, yeah. and like bad against everybody. And it's a shame because LeBron is playing absurdly well and this team is garbage. Like they, they're not good. They were destroying the Pelicans the other night and like 25 point cut. Like that's, and and it's, and it's a broken team. Like they, they, like this team has like, you talk about a team believing in themselves. This team has 0%. Like there's nothing there anymore uh, that like to grasp onto and be like, no, we can't do it. like that. No. They, they don't believe in themselves. They don't believe in each other. They don't. It, it's done. It's Dunsville. So, do you think they should just shut LeBron James and AD down for the season? I mean, what's the point of even bringing them back? You should probably shut AD down before he shuts himself down by getting injured again. Um, but I, I don't. No, don't shut LeBron James down because LeBron James is fun to watch. Yeah, that's fair. So. Uh, don't take them away from the people. Don't take them away from the people. What are you considering that the Lakers could do this offseason? Because I just look at this situation and I'm like, you made the move last offseason. So what do you do? Like, what do you I do to fix no this idea. team? Do you trade AD? I mean, like, I don't think I think the biggest thing for me, like, I, I don't I don't see any scenario where the Los Angeles Lakers and the Russell Westbrook have a successful relationship. Like, for, I, I, like, I don't know how you get, how you move on from Russell. Cause I think he's still owed a lot of money. Like I, I don't, I don't know what the solution is to move on from Russell, but for me and the, like, if I'm the Lakers, that's priority number one, because I, I, I just, the situation there is just like so bad. And I, and I think it's feeding into all of the other negativity around the team. Right. I, I agree. It's, it's definitely the source of the negativity because I mean, the Anthony Davis constantly injured situation is not great either, but Russell Westbrook actively can't play like he used to. So it's it's really hard to, like, not point the finger at him in this scenario. Um, and, all he's right. not enjoy- and he's not enjoying it. So, like, he's unhappy right now. Oh, so he's unhappy. Not, he's not playing well, and he's not and he's unhappy. Like, it, it, it's, move on for both parties. Like, this is not working out for It's a toxic anyone. relationship, you know? You, it is. You, you, you dated you dated the girl and you thought it'd be great and you know she you're like this is everything i could have wanted and boom not it's not it doesn't work out sometimes it doesn't work out russell it's okay you know you're allowed to want for bigger and better things um i'm just giving russell westbrook really so beautiful thank you it's really nice thank you uh let's do a finals check-in kind of a tossing you a curveball Give me your NBA Finals right now. Uh, Who's going from the East? Who's going from the West? I want to hear it. 
All right, I'm not, I'm not picking. I'll go Suns. I'll go Suns, but I'm not gonna pick the Bucks because that's boring. Uh, fuck it, I'll go Nets. I'll go Nets Suns. Nets Suns. Okay, perfect. I am going wild card. I'm going wild card. I'm not picking the Suns because it's too obvious, so it's not gonna happen. I am picking the Boston Celtics to play the Memphis Grizzlies. There you go. Wow. John Morant, Jason Tatum battling it one-on-one new era for the nba new stars winning the trophy that's what i hope happens i got a miserable march where no one knew is winning so i'm gonna pick a fun nba because why the heck not um, yeah but- the celtics the team with the most championships thank god they'll finally win a title hey i'm just saying new players i'm not saying new 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 teams you know i i just saying john morant Jason Tatum, neither of them have a title. That's what I mean. Oh, thank God the Celtics. All right. Just give me a good Celtics-Lakers finals. Come on, give those guys a chance once. <laughs> All right, so what do you want me to say? Uh, no, Raptors have one too. Let me pick another team out of the East. Who do we think? Well, Who okay, have no, a the Raptors are better though because the Raptors have one, not 17. That's fair. That's fair. What, <laughs> what, team, what team doesn't have one in the East? Like that doesn't have a lot, like one in the East. The, I'm trying to think. The Nets don't have the Nets don't have one. Oh, okay, I'll go Nets. The Sixers, I'll go Nets the Sixers have. I think the Sixers have, have two, maybe yeah. three. Um, the Heat have three. The Bulls. Have Celtics have seventeen. Bulls have six. Yeah. I guess the Hornets don't have one, but all right, it's gonna be Lamelo versus Ja in the final. I cannot wait. Actually, I can because I don't want Lamelo Ball in a final. Please don't do that to us. All right, this was fun. We talked World Cup qualifiers. We talked NBA. Thank you for listening to this first hour of the episode. Tune into the next hour because that's where we got all the Final Four action and the most disappointing end to the funnest March Madness we have ever seen.